Hey, this is Wrong Rocket. And Chris from Deeply Dapper. Nope. No, 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 no. You're just deeply dapper because just deeply dapper. The mystique is the anonymity of the thing. You could be I anybody. We wanted to you, people to like us. That not, is makes us more likable, actually. Find us <laughs> <mis> <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got I guess that's fine. Release the Kraken! I cannot believe that we've maybe done three recordings in a row, which is probably more than we were able to do all of 2021. All in one night. No, it's not true. You have to keep changing your shirt, even though it's not on video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> the last time we talked, we were talking about the current status of the Book of Boba Fett. And yes. subsequently, it has ended. So we thought we would get back together and talk about it as, few, as well as a few other things. But um, are you sucking any monkeys? I am. I'm drinking Dr. Pepper and Kraken. Oh, what do you call that? A Doc Ock, I believe, is the official <laughs> terminology for it. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I wish I was. I'm having... Um, Nothing but pure ennui, just a glass of ennui. I don't have anything You're to drink. Drinking we? <laughs> it's very disappointing. It's, not, it it's nowhere near what it's cracked is up it, to be. <laughs> I, yeah, I get that. And I can <laughs> understand that, eh, whatever. No. <laughs> Sometimes. You know, so sometimes you have the, the occasion to prepare yourself a fine, delicious drink, and sometimes it's enough to just keep reading. And tonight's one of those nights. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, I thought we would talk about a couple of news items. Are you ready? Okay. Ready, yes, ready I for, am ready. ready. Are you ready for a few more news items? All of the news items I am ready for. Okay, so... Uh, uh, I don't think that this is a spoiler for you, but there's a lot of very public and open discussion with Charlie Cox about his role as Daredevil in the MCU, which he is coyly confirming. Um, I would assume that you would be pleased with this. Yes, I am happy with this, this <laughs> bit, of, Given that bit of news. What is interesting about this, and we talked about it last time a little bit, is you know they brought in Kingpin in uh, in Hawkeye, but it was a variation on Kingpin. It's like one or the other is a variant, right? Like it's different right. than the Kingpin he was playing. Looks the same, sort of acts the same, sort of, but is neutered down from what we saw in Daredevil. And we speculated about what what who else on that cast was going to come over and what their differences might be. And, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, what do we think, what do you think is the tonal difference we might see in a daredevil character in the MCU versus the Netflix show, if any, I, I, man, it's a hard one on that because one of the, they toned him down, but they also made him a little more superhero-y, which, mm -hmm. eh, 
Um, and I'm I'm a little concerned from a Daredevil standpoint because his non-superhero parts of that were kind of the best parts. So right. we'll see. I I mean, that was my favorite part of the Hawkeye stuff too, was the non-superhero stuff. So we'll see. I I think it'll be good. I, I think Charlie Cox is incredibly watchable in pretty much everything he's in. So yeah. as, as long as they can get like Foggy back, I'm going to be pretty happy either way. That's, I mean, that's a big if though. I mean, I hope so. Um, yeah. And, I don't know and if he's doing lot. anything else, but. Yeah, I haven't seen him just tearing, you know, <laughs> yeah, tearing into tearing into the big screen. But you know, and also um, uh, the act actress who played um, uh, what's her name? Karen See? Page. Yes, Karen Page. I did a lot of driving today. Um, you know, she was a fan favorite, and I think she did a pretty good job. I think she did a very good job in the show. Um, yeah, yeah. There's so much, but here's the thing: there's so much embedded history and experience in these actors playing these characters and this role and mm -hmm. with each of these character actor combinations it's brought over to the mcu and divorced from the continuity of the of the previous stuff each mm -hmm. one in and of itself is it it could be a fresh start with a familiar face but you bring them yeah. together you know each one that you bring in um starts to make the head spin about what their relationship is and what the what the sort of earned history is between them right yeah so they could take the approach that there's sort of like maybe the plot points necessarily of the daredevil show are not addressed and and directly referenced but you but they're still playing it like as if they've still known each other this long and had this deep of a yeah um, yeah kind of sort of a shared it in but doesn't make as much direct reference like some of the other ones have done like like right. if you tried to watch the the Falcon and Winter Soldier movie without having seen all of the movies prior to it, you'd have absolutely no idea what's going on. And right. I think if they took Daredevil where it's so far removed and also been so long and just sort of, you know, did a soft reboot, but all of the stuff that happened before happened, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I think so too. Like they just, they kind of gloss over some yeah. of the details and move forward. Although, yeah. So, so you brought up a good point, though, about how Cox is watchable and how um, what you were interested in was all the character dynamics, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing I like about the Nolanverse, the, the dichotomy of, like, I love the Nolanverse, but my the least interesting thing was Batman and Batman fighting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, in, yeah. Uh, it, the difference with Daredevil was Daredevil fighting was amazing, and it was absolutely critical to how much that show was um, so impressive in the consciousness, but big picture thematically, mm -hmm. it's those people and those characters interacting and that, and that. So my concern is when it goes to the MCU, if they took Kingpin and they distilled him down to a much more of a punchy, um, a punchy character, mm -hmm. does, does, does Daredevil, besides not having enough room to breathe with its own series, but does Daredevil become more of a confident, just, you know, street vigilante punching people or, you know, just becomes a Marvel superhero? Do you know what I mean? Like Daredevil yeah. the show, he was not a Marvel superhero. He was, it was a very um, nuanced character study, I thought. So I don't True. know if, yeah. uh, if they'll be able to capture some of that and whether Cox will be able to uh, blend it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, it'll be interesting together. to see. So, um, uh, for reference, yeah. I just looked him up and uh, Eldon Henson has yeah. been in one thing since Daredevil and it was him reprising his role from the Mighty Ducks in the Mighty Ducks TV series for a single episode. So something what? tells me he's got a, an availability a, for Daredevil. He certainly has availability. <laughs> what was he in? The, was he in the original Mighty Ducks as a kid actor? Apparently, yeah. He played Fulton. I've never seen the Mighty Ducks. So I have no idea. Neither have I. Neither have I. Yeah. Yeah. In um, fact, it looks like he was in all of the Mighty Ducks movies. He was in D2, D3, um, Dumb and Dumberer. I assume that's a Mighty Ducks sequel. Um and then there's apparently a Mighty Ducks TV series, which I was unaware of also. Huh. Um, all of that- through Ducks. Disney. So he's already with Disney Plus actually. So they already have him in the system. That's, <laughs> he's in the system. His papers have yes. been processed. <laughs> yes. He's um, already taken the drop test. Said the so even though, even though um, it's, it's, we sort of bypassed the trailer portion of our usual uh, structure did you, you did you did you see the the doctor strange two mountains of Tolu trailer that they released for the super bowl it seems like a good yes. time as any to discuss um yeah you did not see yet you did not see uh spider-man what i told yet right correct so, i've still not seen that yeah so the 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 end of that is a stinger the stinger of that was the first doctor strange trailer and it's not, ah. and it's different. It's different than the trailer that came out in the Super Bowl. Has a slightly different tone. Some of the same footage, but just based okay. on what you saw, just based on what you saw now, what was your takeaway from it? Mm -hmm. I think it looks cool. I I'm really curious to see Sam Raimi take on another big budget superhero movie, and I, I mean, I didn't love the first Doctor Strange, but I enjoyed it. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be another one of those movies where Lindsay cannot watch it probably because there's just too much whoa yeah. going on everywhere. Oh, um, sure. So that might yeah. be a little frustrating, but um, but it looks good. I mean, I love everybody in it, so I'm down. How about you? I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I plan to enjoy it. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm so. gonna try and not watch any other trailers if they come out, and just stick with just the the one I've seen so far, um, so that I don't have any spoilers for it. Because I think that there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. I think, um, I mean, I knew, I mean, they had talked about, and we have talked about on some of our production stuff that um, uh, that he was going to have uh, Miss America Chavez in there. And mm -hmm. we knew Scarlet Witch was going to be there. And then, of course, after Loki, we assumed that um, between Loki and what if that there was going to be some, uh, multi, you know, multiverse of madness mm -hmm. was going to be pulling into these other properties. The big question coming out of Loki was obviously was Kang going to appear in um, in this, even though he's been listed mm -hmm. as being the big, big bad in Quantumania. Um, this coming before Quantumania, it's like, well, are they pretending he's not in it, but he's really going to be in it? Or is it going to be, you know, fleshing out another facet of this larger story about the multiverse? I do think, though, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that they're doing a lot of manipulation to try to um, 
um, circumvent all of the spoilering and predictions of what's happening. There's imagery in the trailer that is between the fact that things seem to change, the same scene appears to have different details across two trailers, and the fact that we're dealing with multiversal stuff. It's like it could be trickery like they did in the past in the other trailers, or it could just be, you know, in the, in the actual movie, lots of weird variations on things. And, the, and then you combine the right. multiverse with Wanda already having reality-shaping powers to begin with. Who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was, I thought it was neat to see, even if he may or may not be the bad guy, I thought it was neat that they brought in the demon Doctor Strange. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange with a beard with a beard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, first of all, that was the first sign um, that they, that the, the, the what if cartoon was also part of Marvel continuity and was mm. setting up big things, which we wondered about, but it was also like, mm. is this also just, you know, the animated side of things? But like right. that setup for him was a really big deal because here he is, right? And yeah. I don't know, I, I'm excited about that because I liked him, but I liked that version of him in the cartoon better than I liked Me too. regular Doctor Strange. So I'm curious about this <laughs> now. But what if, what now, if they bring... What if they bring the watcher in, Tom? Then I'm going to be concerned about all these brave days. Um, <laughs> see, um, but what was my Jeffrey Wright impression the right impression? So, the thing though is, uh, I don't it's never the mm, right impression, <laughs> it's no realities, realities, D E S, realities. So, uh, the thing though also is people have been picking apart. The trailer and thanks to my um my oldest child i have gotten some of that scoop i didn't even have to look it up online uh they just rattle it off to me but um they did a lot of freeze framing <laughs> and clip studying and everything else and i didn't even realize it the first time or the only time i watched it but there's straight up illuminati in here did you did you see that yeah that? yeah i mean it's it's certainly what they're they're hinting at and everybody's absolutely assuming it based off of the backside of someone's ear but yeah yeah it looks like it <laughs> well you got you got tall chairs in a circle and you've got uh, patrick stewart ultron robots. ultron robots has it been confirmed got, supposedly it was confirmed but also maybe it's not confirmed. oh supposedly confirmed is not exactly confirmed tom that's true i think you're right but i'll tell you what i do and then there's also that scene of an iron man that looked like it might be that superior Iron Man armor, like it was white and blue. All I know is this. Mm, yeah. The idea of tying the Illuminati to the multiverse was a neat way of mm. making it relevant when all of the MCU storylines have sort of negated all of the Illuminati's business, right? Sending yeah. Hulk into space yeah, was an perfect. Illuminati choice, right? And now here it's like, mm -hmm. oh, they already did that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about these things. I'm also I'm, excited. I'm not excited about another Robert Downey Jr. appearance. So my hope is Which maybe. Oh, you mean huh? in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like you if meant, the, like it, just in general, you're like, not another <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. movie. <laughs> Only if it's Dr. Doolittle 2. Um, <laughs> well, I think, didn't they make that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> once, once he stuck his hand up a dragon's butt, I think that franchise attempt was over. Um, ah. But maybe I'm wrong. 
Uh, I actually quite like that movie. But I don't think I was exactly that. I know. But what I'm saying is I don't think we need, they've so far dodged a lot of near attempts to put Robert Downey Jr. back into movies and then they've pulled it since his death and they since Stark's death. And I'm glad each time that they, they scaled it back, like Spider-Man, they were going to do it. They didn't do it. A couple other ones. If in this one, there is a multiversal Iron Man being shown, I really hope it's not him at all or we never see, you know, we don't see any mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Because I think he will just, I think he just stay, steals the air from the room of whatever project he's doing. You will, it becomes about him. And I think it needs not yeah. to be. Yeah, I get that. So another trailer that came out uh, at the Super Bowl, another one that I think improved upon its um, preceding trailer, I think was the Moon Knight trailer. Did you watch that? Uh, yes, I did. It's still got and some, did... a little bit of dodgy CG going on in places, but it looks pretty rad. I think the worst of the CG is the is the piece that they use for the logo where he jumps across the <laughs> he, yeah where they he like, jumps across something and he looks terrible. It's like he's like hanging. They from the try to cram him into the the Disney Plus arc. Yeah, like, look, he's making our sign. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's not even. He just looks like he's kind of hanging from like a rappelling line. Like it doesn't even look yeah. heroic the way his feet are dangling, right? I did see <laughs> in this one, I did notice that at one point he jumps or he leaps or something and his cape makes the moon, the, like the classic comic Sienkiewicz Moon Knight look, which was very cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question there's gold under that, all the wrapping. So, and I really would have liked to have been silver, but eh. also this trailer had a lot less of him doing um, you know, I want some more, more meat, more carrots, you know, his weird little accent that he was doing. It, it's there, but it's not as emphasized and creepy as it was in the first trailer, I thought. Maybe they voiced over him. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 you still hear everything. it. No, I mean, <laughs> I, you still hear it. There's just a lot less of it. Maybe they used the technology they used on Luke, where they, right? Did you read about that? Oh, that's freaky, dude. That, that totally creeps me out. That it's all we'll, just we'll algorithmic generation. Yeah. yeah, we could talk about it more in, in the Boba Fett, but I thought that was very interesting. And I was yeah. nowhere near as offended by it as, as other people were. Did you have any other, um, was there any other uh, like Super Bowl trailers or, or recent trailers uh, or, or things that you saw? Did you, you see the, did you see the Chip and Dale one? Uh, Chippendale so, Rescue Rangers trailer? N- no, is that really a thing? It's a thing. It's coming out on Disney Plus, and my brother and I watching it were like, "This must have been what it was like to watch the Roger Rabbit trailer the first time around." Ah, uh, because in what way? For some inexplicable reason, this is the movie that they've decided to let all of their properties overlap in some capacity in it. It's got uh, like My Little Ponies and Indiana Jones and Roger Rabbit and Disney characters and like really? one of the, yeah, and like Chip or Dale, one of them got the CG surgery and so he's CG animated and the other one looks like a traditional 2D animation. It looks oh, that's interesting. crazy, dude. Yeah, it's uh, the Lonely Island guys did the show, did it. And oh, really? so, and yeah, so they gave must have given them some leeway, but it's coming out on Disney Plus and it looks crazy, man. 
And now, for a casually inserted commercial for the buying of products. This episode is brought to you in part by Deeply Dapper, your home for all things geek. Looking for dorky soaps? Nerdy candles? Amazing freeze-dried candy? Artwork, role-playing games, and more? Go to DeeplyDapper.com. Your home for better living through tentacles. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Dude, I don't even understand Chippendale necessarily. What? It, it, I, it's, well, it's a play. Well, it's, that's a play on male strippers, right? Well, but it's it, not even. What? It's Rescue Rangers. Actually, it's not even just Chip and Dale. It's a Rescue Rangers movie. Well, what and are either so of these things? Because like I never saw either of them. You never saw the cartoon. It was like like them and two other mice in like a hot air balloon airplane made out of a two liter. I don't remember it very well, but. It was it was Disney Saturday afternoon stuff where they'd cruise around and solve people's I don't know. <laughs> Dead you would be don't remember. <laughs> That's weird. So was it, this yeah. was a Disney cartoon that postdates me, but what was Rescue Rangers and Chip and Dale two different things? Well yeah, Rescue uh, Chip and Dale have been around for quite a while. Um mm. and then the Rescue Rangers was like them having their own cartoon um oh, okay with other characters kind of thing um what's yeah, the rapid was, response was, of a two liter bottle airplane hot air balloon i don't know man <laughs> um yeah so it's it originally aired in 1988 and ran until 1990 so huh. Huh. Yeah. yeah so this is sort of like um space jam but good maybe it, I mean, it, it's certainly going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, there's references to Jurassic Park and pretty much every property that Disney owns in that trailer. I was pretty impressed, actually. So, like, the trailer, like, literally as I was watching it, my brother, like, texted me at the same time. He's like, have you seen the Rescue Rangers thing? It's like, <laughs> like, like what people must have thought when they saw uh, Roger Rabbit for the first time. <laughs> That's that makes sense to me. I mean, people were yeah. really critical of, of the Space Jam melange, but I bet because these properties are those different properties. That was Warner Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. this is Disney, maybe more beloved. You know what it's reminding me of though, what you're describing? Remember that game system that was out for a while that was for the PlayStation where you had little figures and then you'd scan them oh, on yeah. a little module and then they would go into the open world game. Mm-hmm. And you could have it's like it died before Fortnite did this right or like without yeah. toy part but like yeah with that like was the ir huge thing. chips or whatever yeah my buddy yeah, was, uh actually worked on that game he designed a lot of the characters for that oh did he or a hand, that's, handful of them yeah that's interesting i i remember thinking that that was blasphemy to people who are older but super fun for people who are younger who don't have the sense of um that everything should be in its right place and you don't you don't cross the streams right Certain, yeah, certain yeah at a certain age bracket all that um overly serious austere keep everything separate into its own franchises thing is nonsense they don't care right and Fortnite mm-hmm. obviously um hammers that point home because it's nonsense it's they take it seriously and play and have a lot of fun playing the game but you could be a a, a, bana- a tactical banana <laughs> right ah. so <laughs> fighting alongside spider-man and the rock so you know they don't really care <laughs> The kids today. Yeah, I've never, play. I've never watched Fortnite. I mean, played it, so I don't know oh, yeah. that much about it. I've seen things, but it's, it's like that. Um, 
So anyway, interesting. Okay, so Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I will check it out, and then I will judge it silently. Um, yeah, it looks wild. Any of the other trailers? Did you see anything else? What did they even have? They had like a, the other ones. I feel like there were four or five that was like, hmm. But there was a Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't yeah, watch I'm it. still really meh about that. I think it's probably going to be fine, but I don't think it's going to be amazing. So, like, I'll certainly watch it because I like that stuff and Lindsay loves that stuff. Yeah. But sure. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the Lord of the Rings, but I didn't watch the Hobbit. And I remember being somewhat offended. They split the Hobbit into two Hobbits, um, Three, which is I think. two three that's a lot of portions of a very three. small thing yeah three. yeah it it was very stretched out i actually i didn't hate it as much as i thought i was going to yeah um but it wasn't great either yeah i can understand um, that. it was one of those where i um thought i was gonna hate it more than i did <laughs> mm what other trailers came out let's see here i've got my my list here somewhere let's see we got all sorts of done the commercials were awful this year like i watched a handful of them and gave up mm -hmm. like they were just uh really lame i, I didn't for... i didn't watch any of them i i, I recall um, oh the... no no Schwarz... oh shorts schwarzenegger's uh, Zeus nonsense was just a commercial for something, right? Probably crypto or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was super weird too. Like uh, him and uh, I think it was Penelope Cruz, and they both had like uh, a weird like filter over their faces that made them look like kind of creepy, almost animated, smooth looking. It was really mm. strange. But yeah, I'm super excited about Nope. So I That's didn't watch Nope, but I heard about Nope. And I was debating whether I would watch it or try to go in as cold as I could, given how high concept his work is. Like, yeah, I just wanna... yeah, no, I get that. Um, this trailer, I think it's it feels like it gives away a lot of the plot, but at the same time, I kind of think that might be deceptive because knowing his hmm. stuff. <laughs> but it it looks amazing. I would have seen it even had I had not seen the trailer, but. I just happened to kind of like stumble across it and it started auto playing. I was like, what's this? And then it showed up for what it was. So <laughs> I probably wouldn't have watched it because like you, I like going into his stuff kind of blind, but right. it looks, it looks good, dude. I've heard from different friends in different, like different, fr different friends in, in, um, in sort of different segments <laughs> who don't all like the same things that mm -hmm. they were excited about that trailer and two of the three are not genre people at all so i thought that was a pretty good sign right yeah of course that's how people were about m night shamalama ding dong too that's rude that's also true Sham Sh Sham shamalian m night shayamalan i honestly shayamalan shayamalan well, there was a time when everyone took it very serious about how to pronounce it because they gave him a lot of respect. And then all of a sudden he became out of favor. And then all people yeah. did was make fun of his name, which was rude. And then it yeah. made it so that it infected my brain like a virus. And then I couldn't think of it anymore. Yeah. So I, I, do we, you know? It seems yeah. like he's done something recently that I was actually interested in seeing. But uh, he, did the, he did that movie about the beach that aged you. Oh, yeah. Are yeah, you I talking about something newer that. than that? Mm. No, that was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind he, seeing that. Old. There's, I think. Yeah, old. 
and there's and there he's he's working on some other thing that some people were signing up for that looked like a pretty good cast so you know regardless of the mixed reviews on his stuff these last several years it's not like he doesn't have the power to keep putting these projects together so right good on him for that right yeah. um yeah all right well did you by the way on uh dr strange 2 mountains of told you did you know that danny elfman is scoring that i saw that he i mean he's done almost all of of uh what's his name stuff so sam raimi's yeah. Sam stuff so that's but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool because he's the one that did the soundtrack for the Spider-Man ones that Raimi did. Right. But right. I thought I remember thinking, had gone out of the movie score stuff. So that's kind of interesting. That's yeah. exactly what my thought was too. I thought, wow, he, he came back because Raimi asked him to. And it will be interesting to see if he's, you know, his 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 post-movie soundtrack work is very different, right? So it'll be yeah. interesting to see if, if, if he's brought a new sort of perspective because if there's a criticism about his iconic movie soundtrack work is that it's all sounds very similar mm -hmm. it was great at first and then it's like oh yes it's the same material over and over right. and over again so um anyway so uh yeah you know i think that's it right on those yeah, items I so yeah i mean there's it's uh, did i did, 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 ignore that part yeah i don't okay. think i've really come across anything else of note that I've seen lately? Um, I, you know, briefly, since we're going to be talking about the um, book of Boba Fett finale, and you have not yet watched Peacemaker, Ooh, I was going to say the first episode. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, we'll we will mm -hmm. talk about that on a separate thing. But um, yeah. I was thinking the other day about how here's two properties where someone who someone who was who became a darling in a franchise that maybe people were doubtful of at first and then are given a lot of freedom to do what they want to do and have somewhat mixed um somewhat differing responses to that work in the sense mm -hmm. that um i guess what i'm saying is you know, James Gunn came into things from that from the outside, right? And he had a, there was a lot of baggage that he brought from his earlier work, and then there was some this controversy and the whole thing about him jumping from Marvel to to DC and then going back to Marvel again. He got to the point where he's writing checks for himself, right? He's creating stuff entirely that he wants, and I think you will find as you go that um, I mean, many critics say that Peacemaker is more honest, more absolutely truly him doing his own version of a superhero story with no uh interference than anything else and i'm not on the fence about that or the the suicide squad or whatever the latest one it's called um i think they're both like that but yeah i don't hear a lot of people complaining about it i haven't heard a lot of critical complaints about his suicide squad or peacemaker um they haven't been very divisive even as they're very subversive Whereas mm -hmm. Dave Filoni, working within the Petri dish of very toxic fandom with Star Wars, mm -hmm. it's like people were excited about what he and Favreau were doing. I guess it should be Filoni and Favreau. People were super excited at first. <laughs> and then it's like you veer up slightly off the roadmap and everyone's just immediately like attacking. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because, you know, Filoni is doing driving the ship he's doing pure Star Wars as he has known it to be, or as his vision for, for decades now. 
he's been this heir apparent forever. And this, this multiple shows coming out are his vision about how to bring this franchise forward to the next sort of era of storytelling and really interweave the cartoons with the live action and bounce around in that continuity. And I mm -hmm. think it's really exciting. I think they're making, taking a lot of risks and doing a lot of interesting things. And then the toxic fandom is just immediately like, well, I don't know, but, you know, critical about all the decisions that are being made. And it seems almost like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. But James Gunn's not getting that criticism. He's making some very serious <laughs> choices and everyone's like, cool. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because the fandom of his work, specifically the DC work, is like mm -hmm. uh, DC is so messy that you, you can like it and it doesn't really matter if it if it has any bearing on anything else do you know what i'm saying yeah whereas yeah Filoni's stuff is it's continuity <laughs> and you know right you've ruined you've ruined star wars forever with every choice you've made <laughs> i don't know that's a perfect segue to the book of boba fett i think yeah but i yeah, I, think so. I, I thought i thought a lot about it in as this season wrapped up because of how much i would watch a show and i would have some mixed feelings about certain things um, but i was still loving in the experience of watching it and loving that it existed and then i'd go mm -hmm. online to see what people were saying and i would just be like wow i stepped into the middle of mommy and daddy fighting and i'm like Ugh. yeah <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of aggravation um so anyway what do you think so we wrapped up the book of boba fett and there was a lot happening in one episode i think we had one episode left where we recorded right? i think so yeah. yeah 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 and and so we had this final thing which was the you know how we were going to resolve Boba Fett having all of the the um, pikes moving in on him, and mm -hmm. they're all Cad coming Bane on world showing up, right, right, and that was so Cad Bane. So did we we talked about Cad Bane last time or no? You know what? I don't think we did. I think before? we might have two episodes to discuss. Yeah. All yeah, right. So fundamentally, we've got so fundamentally yeah. big beats. We have the idea that he's. We talked before about how he seems always to be um, fairly Spartan. He doesn't have a lot of people around, and mm -hmm. and well, even more Spartan now. Spread kind yeah, of really. Um, has black chrysanthemum or whatever a chrysanthemum, chrysanthemum, mm -hmm. um, working for him now. <laughs> mum, mum. Yes, black chrysanthemum, and uh, and then we see that the other uh, um, crime factions have betrayed him, and there are hits out hits on him everywhere and mm -hmm. there was a coordinated attack um sort of and this was all sort of well they <laughs> happened at the same time and this also this and then there was also this thing about how um mandalorian was going to go and get and recruit Cobb vance town full of farmers to help out <laughs> right yeah. and then and then we had hey, man. and then we had hey they they killed the dragon come on they did they did it's fair but it's still kind of like they still are presenting them like moisture, moisture farmers hiding from behind the swinging doors yeah exactly <laughs> um but but you know that was the big push and 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 then and it's all coming together as oh they're not going to help us out and then of course here they are um but really we saw a series of events that made book of boba fett seem small right like mm -hmm. we i think we talked last time that it's like if they hadn't called a book of boba fett and they had called it mandalorian the book of boba fett or if they just mm -hmm. had some other name for it tatooine 
or whatever, then it maybe yeah, it wouldn't be so yeah. jarring. But right in the middle of a Boba Fett show, it became another soft, soft Mandalorian season three start. And then yeah, it was we really this... like one of those things where they're like, we've got this great idea, but the first episode of it would suck is the first episode of the Mandalorian. So let's just like shoehorn it into something else. Yeah. It was like him going on the hunt for Grogu was like, yeah. it was just pure Mandalorian. It didn't, mm-hmm. it, in fact, in fact, it didn't even have a narrative tie to the Boba Fett storyline other than him saying, I will help you, but first yeah, dot, exactly. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Which going back to Filoni, Filoni loving Lucas's uh, uh, the groundwork, that's very serialized storytelling. I get it. It is. Anthology style. Yeah. But it was really jarring because you went several episodes of Boba Fett with none of that. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm, it was like, we're mm-hmm. going to do this divergence. Yeah. Um, a little strange. But then on top of that, it became the Luke and Grogu story. Yes, it and did. so like, like halfway halfway through the divergence, there was a divergence, right? <laughs> so it's like, hey, what's happening here? Um, yeah, they just called this series like Star Wars Tales instead. It's I yes. think it would have gone over better with people. <laughs> yes, or Star Wars Ranger Rick or whatever it is the other one you were talking yeah. about. Rescue Rangers, um, yeah. Rescue Rangers. So, okay, so first of all, going back to the Cad Bane and Cobb Vance situation, how did you feel about that yeah. whole exchange? I think Cad Bane looked pretty darn good considering. Um, considering meaning considering, you, weren't, you weren't thrilled? or Well, I mean, translating Clone Wars illustrative animation style into real life is never going to be perfect. I thought it was amazing. And if it, if it was perfect, like if it looked exactly like the cartoon, it would be jarringly right. out of world for everything else in it. So I think they oh, did totally. a fantastic job considering okay. that. Okay, okay. I, I think I understand what you mean. I don't expect any of these live action adaptations to look per beat like the uh, like the cartoons do, and I don't think that they should. Um, yeah. But so far we've had a number of these characters coming over and they've done, I think they've done a really good job. Ahsoka looks fantastic oh and Bo-Katan gosh, looks so fantastic. Um, yeah. Cad Bane is one of the characters i think from clone wars that i thought fan favorite type they would people would clamor for it but that a they they would wouldn't bring him in because he's mm-hmm. too much of a too much of an old gunslinger trope yeah. he's a blue he's the big blue eyed big blue alien with the gunslinger stuff all over him and he's just such uh, a one well, note in the cartoon i was like there's not that's not going to translate right but i think they did a great job they got this man so in too. black the man in black thing kind of coming in and i really liked that his arms were long his whole body was too long and his arms were too long like it, yeah he was super was, angu- like long and angular and thin yeah i really yeah. did that yeah i thought that was great and i think um i think i also was very pleased with his um with how they resolved his face and his head people mm-hmm. were very critical and i saw people online making uh manips where they stretched him out long and made him look more like the cartoon but man i thought that they resolved it really well and they did a great job i think it was very uh i think it was very good strategy to use the actor's mouth instead of rubber mouth because mandalorian and boba fett have both especially boba fett have really suffered by the because of rubber mouth issues Mm -hmm. 
Don't you think? Yeah, the I I think so too. The expressiveness when you can't see their face move, or yeah, like the fact that they altered his look so that the mouth could be expressive and actually talk makes a huge difference in that character with that much dialogue. And so I'm totally. really glad they did that with him. Yeah, and I think um, I also think that they were able to play on his history in a way that the Clone Wars fans really understood everything from the scar yeah. on his or the metal plate on his head to the back and forth of him talking about like treating Boba Fett like a kid and all this other stuff. Yeah. The Clone Wars fans really got it all. But I think if you watched it and you weren't a Clone Wars viewer, like a buddy of mine, mm-hmm. he just thought it was cool. He got it. It was yeah. a success it was a successful example of where you can hint at a bunch of history with the dialogue and the relationship of the characters and you didn't have to have watched all that to get it i think they did a good job with that i think so too yeah um so yeah so i so i anyway i was really i was really pleased with that yeah cad bane absolutely highlight of that series for me both the way they used him and the fact that he was there in the first place all of that i loved it um i also think it's fun that um that uh that um timothy oliphant got to be doing his cowboy thing again yeah i never i never even watched justified but i've seen him do other things and Mm -hmm. i just you know i just think he's so goddamn cool he's so goddamn cool (laughs) he's super like laid back and he's got that that cowboy thing so down that yeah, it's he was perfect for that, and I, I'm really happy they brought him back into it. I think that was a really smart move. I think the logic in it's real silly, but as far as the, the logic, the town of Moisture Farmers being the the rescue rangers at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But do you think? Um, do Do you think that? Um, yeah because also they didn't really sell it like you didn't you didn't get a sense of of them earning the 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 first thing about them killing a dragon was like the seven samurai thing right it was taking a bunch of they showed up and immediately hid behind a tank and then went running like that's right all they did reinforcement wise and i'm you know i'm honestly really surprised that they didn't bring the tuscan raiders into it more well so that's exactly what i was going to get to next i think the 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 villagers attacking the dragon was a retread of or the villagers attacking the dragon um what i want to say that was done more effectively when he that same theme when he was uh training the uh shrimp farmers to defend themselves against the gang that had the at at atst right right when mandalorian almost took off his helmet uh because of the girl and whatever so they already covered this ground twice and they did it better the other time so to bring in these mm-hmm. villagers that you never really got a sense that they had that that, that kind of skill was a little strange um yeah. but the big elephant in the room was clearly the tuscan raiders were going to come the surviving tuscan yeah. raiders were going to come back they even it, talked about oh Cad gosh, thing. Like, yeah yeah, like it blew me away that they did all of that and it was never about him uniting the Tuscan Raiders to help him get rid of this menace to the Sands. Like, it blows me away that that would never came into play. 
Well, and the thing was, they even were broadcasting it. I was sure they were going to go that way because the Pikes told Cad Bane that they, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 Boba Fett bought the thing that it was the gang, the the speeder gang people who did it, and blah blah blah, yeah. and then and then Bane goes and uses that to try to get a rise out of Boba Fett. Um, and you keep thinking Boba Fett's going to be like, well, yeah, that I I'm smarter than you think because I've got all this experience. But actually, no, he was kind of a chump. <laughs> yeah. He really did believe yeah. it, and he, he did really rise was. to. He was goaded, and like, and that yeah, was really whole, surprising to me. The idea that they're even talking about the the decimation of that tribe, I was convinced that that was going to be the whole thing that they're going to come back over the wall to save the day, and me we got too. a whole lot of nothing. It it was even a pacing thing weirdness towards the end it's not like they didn't have time to bring a bunch of people in tuscan robes over to do some mm-hmm. shooty shooty because we spent a good amount of time just watching the rancor do a king kong thing uh-huh. <laughs> which looks awesome it was but, but it's not like they didn't have time to bring the tuscan raiders in they would have been a hell of a lot more effective than the villagers and it would have been more um thematically right. consistent i thought Okay. And how amazing would it have been if Boba Fett had shown up riding a Rancor flanked by Tusken Raiders on Banthas? Like, that would have been I epic. mean, <laughs> I mean. So, um, yeah. So, let's let's think about what else. Okay, so now we have this whole thing with uh, Grogu and Luke with Ahsoka in the background. Mm-hmm. And they let they go through the whole thing to get the Mandalorian there. And then they don't let him ex- mm-hmm. interact. And Ahsoka suddenly started, I don't know, you know, blocking everything. Yeah. There's a tonal shift in the way they wrote Ahsoka that was a little strange. It felt like it was it was mutating to serve the stall of a punchline about will he or won't he take the chainmail versus the lightsaber thing. And I was convinced he was going to show up with chainmail and a lightsaber. Like, I didn't understand. <laughs> it was such a strange confluence of events. Um, well, I mean, it was... I. I th- I don't think it was wrong because she was very raised in the Jedi training thing. And Luke was clearly giving Grogu the same choice that he had to make on Dagobah when he had to go rescue his pals at Cloud City kind of thing. And so I think Luke knew he was going to make the choice to go after his his friend instead. But yeah, yeah, it it felt a little ham-fisted the way they did it. But the problem is that they've set up Ahsoka as this non-Jedi, sort of Jedi mystic type character yeah. coming off of Clone Wars. But her entire arc leading up to this has been as a young, as a Padawan and then a Jedi that had very strong connections to Anakin, right? Very strong mm-hmm. emotional connections to the other Jedi, very strong emotional connections to her, her clone unit right mm-hmm. and then and then also we know from clone wars that she knows that anakin became vader so the True. idea that she would be sitting there saying yeah i'm going to ratify luke going down the same path and attachments are bad and all this she was questioning all that stuff just like you know just like um what was his name um um uh, uh, anakin's uh master before kenobi um liam neeson liam yeah but you know like she was definitely in Qui-Gon, the camp of Qui-Gon Jinn. she was definitely in the camp of people who are like hey hold on <laughs> yeah and, and here she's like saying no no it's very no no baby we're building that temple you've later seen destroyed let's not bother <laughs> the cyber dogs or whatever that are doing the rock moving yeah, which was why great. were there so many of those 
Good lord. I thought it was cool because it had an anthill kind of motif to it. Like I did like, like that vibe to it. Yeah, I just thought it was really strange that it was like the only technology on the entire planet was like 7,000 little ant dog robots. But I yeah, think it, I did like I think the it was look a neat, of it. I think it was a neat touch that um, that Luke would be using droids to build a Jedi temple after so much <laughs> yeah. anti-droid rhetoric and, uh, yeah. and him having such close bonds with droids. So I thought that was kind of mm -hmm. cool. I also like the yeah, fact I like that they that. made, I like the, the fact that they laid, made the Mandalorian a bench. Is that a bench? Yes, it is. That <laughs> was so say. great. I loved that. <laughs> it was so subtly done too. I loved it. They're just in it the background just of, making him a bench. Well, it was one of those things where I was like, wow, okay, they wrote that in the script. They chose to do it. They mapped it out. And then they actually, with the limited time that they had available, they made a whole thing about them making him a bench and him laying on it. And I know that they're referencing, they're referencing aspects to, you know, master, you know, sensei and student stuff from classic, you know, Japanese cinema and those kinds right. of, and those, and, and, and predating that, those kinds of classic stories, right. Of like, stretch out and wait, this is not about mm -hmm. what you want. Right. So I get that, but it was just so perfect. It was just, the detail of that was so great. Similarly, though, they gave a lot of time, a lot of screen time to um, Grogu appearing in front of Amy Sedaris again. Um, and I was sort of of two minds about it. What about you? You know, I couldn't stand her character at first. And then she yeah. became incredibly, incredibly appealing to me. And mm. now I just find her charming as hell. And like, I'm super happy that Amy Sedaris existed in this season just to hear her story about her dating a Jawa because sure. that was fantastic. <laughs> For sure. Um, but, you know, I the Grogu stuff was kind of the, well, it wasn't the weakest part for me because that was probably Boba Fett and his planning abilities. But it was, <laughs> eh, eh, I don't know. I, I I'm will, fine I will, with it. I will say Sedaris was better. I was getting tired. I felt like the, there was maybe too much Sedaris in these last mm -hmm. few like too much of her just doing all the talking and blah, 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 you know yeah just filling the room but i do think mm -hmm. that she was more interesting this time around because she was doing this um you know yeah but this junk's gonna be great just trust me and then right. like all of her shekin and jiving to sell this thing um was fun to watch i like the whole thing about um the droid not helping her the uh when the whatever it was grabbed her and yeah the fact that r5d4 is over there and i just like that her her constantly yammering i love when the characters in star wars yammer at droids and the droids just make noise and you're supposed to just assume i i like all that yeah. stuff i like this stuff i like these the things about that that i really enjoyed is like you know there's a i like this there's a starfighter it must be the cops right <laughs> the, yeah. the rangers right and so like hide that shit hide that get rid of that put that away <laughs> you know it's funny i just filed my taxes it's what a coincidence and all that right. stuff i really liked i liked that she criticized grogu's name um mm -hmm. uh and, and also i really enjoyed before that i really enjoyed the whole process by which she convinced even if it was miraculous the conversion mm -hmm. the up the updo that they gave that nebu fighter i just love that she put so much energy into selling him on the hunk of junk because that's a legend in star wars right hunks yeah. of junk yeah this may not look like much and all that shit i mean i will say that feels like a really inefficient vehicle for a bounty hunter <laughs> there's, not, well, there's not even room for 100%. a bounty in it <laughs> well and, and i think that there's i think there's no question that besides it's 
the idea that it'd be cool that he has a hot rod. I think that there's a, yeah. a very a very deliberate point there that he's not bounty hunting anymore. And yet yeah, he right. was until that yeah. point. Right? <laughs> yeah. He kind of was. He was bounty hunting to get information. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mercenary ring. <laughs> okay. So now we have the big standoff in the town. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's be- there's betrayal and that nonsense. Um, some pew pew and some wang wang. It was in- it was incredibly ineffective, and again, it was Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm shocked at how poorly paced this western shootout was, considering it came from Robert Rodriguez. This was like the it was the mod speeder chase all over again. There's yeah. even like the. The, the spaghetti western style filler where people just kind of crouch and they get up and they wave a gun and then they crouch again do you know what i mean yeah i felt like i was yeah. watching extras i felt like i was watching extras that weren't properly um coached on how to be an extra that doesn't draw attention to yourself it was just really fast like it makes me really question what the filming atmosphere is for that scene like were all of them on a set or was all of that filmed separately and pasted in? And that's why it feels so weird. That's what I think. Yeah. I think because that they, I, they composited it together. Yeah. Because I they think had no Robert interaction. Rodriguez is a really dynamic director and has a really good eye for scenery and how to use scenery. And this felt really disconnected from everything I've seen him do as far as that's concerned. That camera in the round thing that they've been using, um, that they developed, has made for such incredible expansive views and these open sets. And yet this, once again, felt like you were watching a, pl- like a, a community play. Yeah. <laughs> where they had, yeah, where they had the little did. setup, the little setup of the wall and they put the speeder in front of it and then they just pew pew. And it was like <clears throat> incredibly frustrating that it was so narrow in focus. Um, mm-hmm. And also the other thing is uh, you talk about Boba Fett's poor planning. Um, why did it become, why did it go, why was it not only going siege, but why were they talking about it? Like, well, I guess we could do the siege thing or we could fight, but how come they never did guerrilla tactics and and split up? Like, I don't, I don't know. None of that made any sense. Like the whole, like, I'm going to protect this town. I'm not going to abandon it and go to the temple where I could do a successful standoff. (laughs) Right. We're going to stay in this ruin. I thought maybe they, it would come up and it would be something where they're like, oh yeah, this this ruin here has a secret tunnel underneath it or something like Agreed. that. But no, they're just like, no, this is the least defensible place in the, the city. Now let's use it. Right after right after the disappointment about no Tuscan Raiders, I was, at, I was in the same uh, line of thought as you. I was convinced they were going to, this was the thing where they show how Boba Fett was going to be crafty and use what other people um, overlooked to his advantage. I thought it was gonna be luring them into his palace and then people falling in things, falling in the pit and yeah, and yeah. getting lost in catacombs. And no, instead the, the, the green bros got thrown off a cliff and then, <laughs> and then, I mean, I will say- The, that, I the will modded say I, mods I, didn't get anything to him except for slow escapes the uh the, it, well at first i thought the worst thing i'd ever seen was the the girl mod that looks like um uh, uh pat benatar um uh-huh. has a 
has an arm position where she's hyperextends her elbow, so her arm looks broken. Yeah. She looks like a she looks like an action figure that was not staged properly, right? Right. right. So that bothered me. I said, I said, surely there's nothing the mods could do that's worse than this, right? And then we have the mm-hmm. now meme, now meme fodder of the other dude doing a sudden spin <laughs> and shoot for no reason. He goes out from under supporting Chris and Tan. And then he does a spin and then does a shoot. And it was so like early like, 90s music video. Well, and it was so funny because it's not like what he did put him in a different position or in a different no. location. It was literally just him. Yeah, that was hilarious to me. <laughs> and also, I think it just didn't. I don't think it landed the way they wanted to. I think they were trying to say that these mods are flashy. They're flashy yeah. and flamboyant and crazy. Mods. But, but. It was just, and it slow moded. <laughs> it was really weird. Now, I really did like that you thought that when they when they buried um, Black Kersantan on that step, I thought that was a really great visual. That even this big yeah. old beastie of a guy could be put brought down in numbers. I like the vulnerability of that. But then I also like that he shows up that really great view, very Italian, like spaghetti western of that weird that weird view. Where people keep coming from off camera. It's the same way that the Jabba's, the uh, the huts left, right? And so yeah. now he comes in with all of them drag, dragging all these guys and then throwing them off of himself. I thought that was fantastic. That's yeah, one of my, like that. the highlights of the episode. Yeah. Um, okay, so of course, what they did was they brought in these uh, annihilation droids. Um, mm-hmm. I was a really big fan of the choice to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it was. I, I think I think that there was more that could have been done with it, but I like the idea that they're establishing that the level of technology of the of the previous wartime, Clone Wars era war technology was so much bigger scale than what they had at the at this point in time that to bring these things out moth out of mothballs and using them. There was just nothing they could do. It had that classic vibe of the movies where, like the, the war movies where the, the villagers are like, oh, fuck, here comes a tank, right? Like, yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. It, was, it was great. There was, the only thing that frustrated me was everybody, including people who should know better, like Boba, were shooting it repeatedly for no reason. You don't get yeah. through the shields by overwhelming yeah. them. But I liked that sure these things were so out of that's scale. That's how that works. <laughs> right. But I liked that it was so out of scale to them and that they couldn't do anything about it, but at the same time they used walkers because if had they had if they had done the ships, and then mm-hmm. you know if we had seen it from that scale, like they could very easily do, this is how they handled keeping it from being an impossible scale problem of like you know just blast yeah. them from the sky. We're going to use ground these ground vehicles. Yeah, I had to, I had to actually research those because I couldn't remember them existing. I only remembered the the um, droidecas that roll into oh, combat yeah. and then unfurl. I couldn't remember these. These are, they are seen in some of the later Clone Wars seasons. And apparently oh, in, really? the, in the Clone Wars story, they were very expensive to produce. They only made a small number of them, but they were very powerful. Um, hmm. Big weak spot with the eye, but very powerful. And also it said mm-hmm. that they had these really good shields. And then what they would do is the droidecas would roll in underneath the shield mm-hmm. and hide behind like it that. with their own shields and then shoot from there, which I thought was great. I also like yeah. the fact that they did different experiments on how to try to deal with it, like Mandalorian trying to cut it with the dark saber and not being successful. And oh yeah, yeah, I did like yeah. that. 
we saw a lot of him not being successful with a dark saber actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's really driving home like he's probably not the person that's supposed to have that sword yeah and i, yeah, I do I like right. that there's a certain level of that going on but yeah it's kind of funny how ineffectual he is with that or part of mandalorian season three's story will be him learn learning to unlock you know the, the jedi cloning problem right yeah that they're going to have a story yeah. of him learning to unlock in himself the potential to to really um wield it and mm-hmm. lead to his role in retaking mandalore or something i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do be. um i also thought it was interesting they they were experimenting with pushing on or leaning into or like trying to fight their way through the shield and i thought they were going to figure out the whole like if you just stand really still you can get the, get it to pass over you and then you're inside yeah, let the them roll into it yeah because they've done that in clone wars they showed that if mm-hmm. you were very slow you know it's it's inertia that the shield's working on energy and inertia right so if you don't have any inertia you could get through it because Which i really in the clone I wars appreciated yeah. that i love that yeah in in the clone wars it was like the the thing is all shielded against big weapons but then it's surrounded by battle droids so you never got really right. close to it and if anybody like the jedis did get close to it it was all about getting through the shield and attacking within so i thought they were going to figure that out but they didn't figure it out apparently <laughs> not <laughs> but i also like the fact that they didn't just play the role the thing of well the rancor came and now we can just tear them apart right because yeah did. i did like that it bashed it bashed the shit out of them but it, t- it took a lot of work anyway like they still yeah. was like one limb at a time getting smashed. Just like just shut the. Which I did you really know. like that, like that aspect of it. How hard it was to beat those droids, yeah. Even after having them like ripped in two, I really liked that. I thought that was a really nice, like, aspect of that battle. Those those droids were apparently um, uh, valuable enough, according to Wikipedia, after. Mm-hmm. The order was sent out by Vader that all of the separatist droids were shut down, just like all the clones mm-hmm. were, were turned. Um, all of those were sent to be decommissioned and removed, or you know, scrapped. And mm-hmm. Palpatine kept a certain number of them and sent them to his base or whatever to be his palatial guards. <laughs> and oh, I was like, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Um Anyway, so I like that. I liked a lot of that. Um, it did have that other problem. Again, Rodriguez, I don't understand. I hate in movies where the tide turns just because thematically they want it to. Like, they were, mm-hmm. they were getting nothing done. They were being surrounded. They were not being very effectual against all these forces coming at them. And then all of a sudden, it was time for them to, to get the upper hand. And they're just blasting the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Knocking people off the turrets and things. It was fun to watch Boba Fett and Mandalorian fighting side by side. It was nice to see them mm-hmm. use their jetpacks for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, like fairly effectively too, which surprised me. <laughs> we we got to see the the whispering birds or whatever, which I love. It's my, one of my favorite mm-hmm. um, new newer um, weaponry that we've seen in these shows. But also, they brought back the most uncomfortable Boba Fett weapon. The knee blast, silly kneecap <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> so that wasn't funny. very effective. No, no, I really did enjoy. Awkward. I really did enjoy Fennec Shan's side mission to go clean up the pikes. Um, mm-hmm. 
that was like surprisingly brutal for this it Disney was. show. Yeah. Like even though it wasn't like heads being decapitated, we've seen some gruesome stuff on the show actually. We've seen some mm-hmm. amputations and things, but like I thought it was great. What a great detail to have the mayor strung up. <laughs> like what? Yeah. It's so so brutal. <laughs> so like real. Even as she's blasting and hacking all these other people, to have him up there and strangled is just so bizarre. Yeah, his legs are just hanging there. I thought that was really cool. I almost imagined, like, you know how when they're going to stage a like a car chase or whatever, or they're laying out a scene, they'll use matchbox cars and, you know, whatever. Else. Uh-huh. Whatever. Um, I, I was just imagining Rodriguez was fucking around with the toys. And it's like, okay, so it'll be like this. And I could just see him throw in a rubber band or something around a hammerhead, a hammerhead's plastic head, right? And being like, look, yeah. and lifting it up, right? Because that's really what, <laughs> in the movie, I mean, in, in live action, it looks kind of like a soft, fleshy um, kind of head appendage. But in the, mm-hmm. you know, but our experience with the toys was it was like a hard thing, right? Right. So I just imagine him pulling it up like an action figure. But anyway, <laughs> I thought that was, that was pretty good. Um, so where do we go from here in the story of Boba Fett? And I'm not talking about the Very semi-stinger. I don't even remember what the stinger was, honestly. Oh, you see the uh, back to tank and Cobb Vance in it. Um, oh, yeah, it was Cobb so Vance, yeah. Fan, fans go, yay! And then you see that rapper, or whatever is Thundercat, I guess he goes by, with the horrible the um, Rick, Rick James uh, haircut. Um, you know, attach his giant cyber arm with the big saw on it. <laughs> it's 1985. Yeah. He attaches like, his, oh, his Swiss Army surgery appendage That's thing. Just, such nonsense. Yeah. Do you remember how they went through all that work and to make to make this huge ordeal about uh, doing work on Fennec Shannon at the end of the day? It's they just gave her a cyber belly. <laughs> yeah, they just covered yeah. it up. They just covered it up. She was so outraged for a minute and a half. And then they covered it up yeah. and off you go. It's like she didn't oh, even alive? put a pistol okay. in it. Yeah, they didn't yeah, even really. put like a, pist- a pistol like, in there or something, you know. Some sort of like like flamethrower. Come on, yeah. doesn't want a yeah. flamethrower so, belly. So what I'm afraid of is that, that because they've made some very poor choices with these mods, I'm really afraid that um, you know next time you see Cobb Vance, it's going to have like a you know, weird cyber shoulder or something. <laughs> like some wrong. Because the mods have had that that max headroom 90s terrible cyberpunk oh, man. vibe like yeah here's a cyber here's a here's a rob lightfield cyber shoulder right and then here's like yeah exactly a, a uh, an evil optic or <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know not not super thrilled about that guy i kind of wish he had been blasted by one of those uh annihilation droids so what's so what do we do here boba fett has been playing against character with this whole like guard the guard the town and give up uh, bounty hunting and mm-hmm. being a man of the people when apparently none of the people wanted him to be um, and he had no and he had no troops so in the I don't recall at the end of this episode that there was any next step was there for him did they show anything I don't, I don't think so and it's weird like like his whole motivation behind this entire thing has been suspect anyway like it seemed really against his personality if he wants to be like the nice mob boss guy and uh, yeah like they don't really give you many hints or indications as to whether 
he's even going to come into play or if that was literally it for Boba Fett or yeah, it's really strange to me. The, um, the whole season seemed to be like they did that finale scene in Mandalorian where he goes back to the palace and then sits in the chair like Conan and she's there and it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, here's the pitch that image now make a show off that. And they yeah. missed the boat on 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 the motivation side of it. When they were doing the flashbacks and we saw his his evolution, I guess they were trying mm-hmm. to show us that he was going to learn the value of being a part of a tribe and being a protector and all this other stuff. But what they gave us was I'm being trained by the Native Americans and then they get slaughtered by the colonists yeah. and or the colonials. And-, and I'm going to get revenge and it's going to be a badass revenge story where i'm going to go and hunt all these different i'm going to go one by one through all the underworld and just take out everybody that has ruined uh-huh. tatooine for the natives and instead it was none of that <laughs> yeah yeah i was sure that's where it was going to go and they're just like uh well uh, i mean no <laughs> yeah yeah it was just so strange to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's very possible that they're saving the Tuscans for for another season, but it just it's what a strange Maybe. choice to do that. Yeah, it so, would have been so much better if it had all rolled in with it. It's just so strange. So when Mandal when the Mandalorian took off, didn't we see him take off again? Oh yeah, that's right. And then um, Grogu was in the bubble where the Master Mech would normally be. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. And then he does it. And then of course there's a Starliner right there. Star Tours is right there. And the Greedo kids <laughs> see him go and then whatever the fuck. But did we get a sense of what they're off to do? Or is that TBD? I have absolutely no idea. I presume that they're off to have some antics in yeah, but whatever they didn't describe they're what... doing next. But I, I think, okay. I don't know that he's like on any kind of specific quest at this point now. Right. They didn't say anything that I've forgotten. It was just like they're off, right? Not unless it has something to do with the dark saber, maybe. And I missed that during like the whole like forge scene in mm. the one Mandalorian episode. Maybe they said something there, and I just wasn't paying attention. But mm. yeah, I have no idea. Interesting. I I, I couldn't either. And I thought, well, it's very open ended. They clearly don't have a plan <laughs> yeah, yeah. because they they've been they've That's been up possible. to this point. Well, up to this point, they've been doing a lot of seeding. They used a lot of men of Boba Fett the way they did Mandalorian season two to seed other stories, but mm-hmm. they didn't seed the end of the season, <laughs> which was <laughs> an odd choice. So uh, I was I, I was curious what you thought about the Cyber Luke that we saw, and I mean that beyond just his hand. I mean, considering I think they did a pretty good job. Not very emotive at all. I think right. they, they made a really wise choice not having him do anything super active that wasn't shot from a distance. But, right. I mean, all things considered, I think they did pretty good. I thought it was incredibly successful in telling in this time around, convincing you this is really Luke. Hiring yeah. that guy to deep fake it, using... Uh, and, also, and, and we talked about this earlier about the voice, that people were critical, but I, I actually so think that was a great weird, choice. dude. I, it so was really ma- effective. I was great. It yeah, was because he I was would... also very calm, Luke. Right, this like mellow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a master, Luke. Thing. Yeah, and I, 
I mean, I love Mark Hamill to death, but the simple fact is, is he doesn't sound anything like he did in 1987 or whatever that was. And I think that them using this instead was surprisingly effective. I was really surprised at how young he sounded in it. Well, and, and that's the thing. A lot of people were, remember I said, it's toxic fandom was tearing every choice apart. There's a lot mm-hmm. of criticism about not only just doing this whole thing, with the, mm-hmm. with the you know cyber generating characters and all this but there's a lot of criticism oh he's such a prolific voice actor and he's still very active and why didn't you just you know blah 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 and, and i'm sorry but you know modern luke hamill is a gravelly marbly voice guy mm-hmm. you'd be doing so much uh, audio surgery to try to make him sound like he did 30 years ago i don't understand the point the fact that they could use no. this technology to do that made more sense to me yeah yeah absolutely i mean even his character voices like the joker and stuff sound different when he's doing them in the modern day than when he was doing them when he was younger and this was him just doing his normal voice it's not like a voice actor doing a voice and he just has to get back into it it's him using his normal talking voice only sounding 40 years younger that doesn't that's not as right. easy to do. <laughs> like, That's right. Well, yeah. You diving back into Elmo is totally different than you doing your normal talking voice at Subway or whatever. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Very <laughs> specific reference there, but you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so the, the, the reason that even like popped into my head is that I just happened to watch a video today that Devin sent me of sesame street characters doing impressions of other sesame street characters and so it's like the count doing elmo and cookie monster and it's totally off base but if you were me or my wife in the kitchen today you would have got that joke i totally (laughs) understand well i i have been asking um my youngling about the i was saying do you realize that how um dangerous and cool this TikTok technology is that they, they developed where you can type in the you type in the script and the and TikTok will create uh that you pick voices that will read that off over your yeah. video that you're creating and how it sounds miles away better than um on the fly server generated responses like Siri and Alexa and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like full sentences or it it doesn't sound human necessarily, it doesn't sound normal. But right. it doesn't have the start and stop of stringing sounding words together, but it actually is it's much more human like uncanny mm-hmm. valley is still there, but it's oh yeah different and and how there must have been so much money in the back end for them to buy that technology to do that well, yeah, it's crazy reading about Luke, it's the exact same thing, right they fed mm-hmm. it they fed the algorithm all the stuff that he did back in the day, plus his his reading of audiobooks at the time oh interesting star wars audiobooks that he did and then they they blended all that together and then and then so some of the stuff i read said that they didn't even have dialogue that they let the algorithm generate luke-esque dialogue and they what? wrote that that's in. crazy but i don't think that's true because it was too, i don't even though it accurate. had some it had some platitudes but i didn't i felt it was too specific even the the yeah. the ones that supposedly are like, oh, I created this and had it write a Batman episode. Those are all clearly like 
yeah oh we picked the the lines that actually made sense kind of thing oh totally yeah i will say i will say in in his it was fun to see luke in his prime like we've been talking about since they did this Mm -hmm. in mandalorian but the whole training montage where he's running and doing and he's doing so much (laughs) judo chops and and sword swipes and whatever and then he is running and he's doing all the parkour stuff he's parkouring up bamboo shoots and he's Uh doing all these things um and he's got grogu in a backpack and i couldn't stop i know they were referencing luke's training but Mm -hmm. i couldn't stop hearing the seagulls song from bad (laughs) the entire montage I that get log, that. <laughs> that log had a child. <laughs> oh, sweet lord. All the little things. All right. Well, so anyway, um, I read a thing that suggested that we're going to see them continue to dance around all this other um, sort of mixing the cartoon stuff with like Clone Wars stuff, with Rebel stuff, with live action, and around and around until. Um, they've got you thinking that it's uh fairly self-contained and then they're going to use all of this as the backdrop behind the next big bad being thrawn rather than ahsoka's story just being the hunt for ezra and thrawn Hmm. and i wonder um i actually think that would be a better choice because Mm -hmm. setting up the ahsoka show to be about ultimately revealing thrawn is going to be somewhat um serialized and insular to the story from the cartoons but if you mm-hmm. build up thrawn's reputation or you build up thrawn as the big bad in the from the pieces of several of the disney plus shows mm-hmm. i feel like it's earned a little bit more that the, yeah. the new yeah. the new viewer would be like oh i get it right yeah but that'd be interesting i just hope it's a little bit more organic than the we're going to take the Boba Fett guy and we're going to put him here and we're going to change his, we're going to rewrite his character to do this. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I hope it's a little bit more organic. Yeah, I but, agree. Uh, anyway, okay, so that was the book of the Boba Fett. The book um, of Boba. I, you know what? I still enjoyed it. You, I, I know too. that there are a lot of people who are criticizing fun. it, but I found it enjoyable. Um, I, it's I not just as had... good as some of the others, but it was still really fun. Agreed. I think um, uh, I think the things that they didn't do well, I think they, it would have been a lot stronger if they changed those things, mm-hmm. but it didn't ruin the viewing for me. Even the mods didn't ruin it. And I, we forgot to mention, yeah. fuck the Rancor, right? Him coming out yeah. riding the Rancor that we had been sold since the beginning of this whatever um mm-hmm. was wonderful the only thing that was a little confusing was he was shooting from the from rancor back he was actually just yeah. sort of hanging on <laughs> yeah i did think that was odd i love that i love the idea that boba fett has had a thing for writing big weird monsters ever since his first appearance in the holiday special and totally. i think that 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 was such a fun little callback and yes. the rancor looked amazing like it looked really good i loved the dy- the dynamism and its move and all of that like i adored pretty much everything to do with the rancor but it still felt really kind of anticlimactic just because the rest of it was sort of falling apart at the time but yeah yeah, i totally dig it well i I was critical in the earlier in the season that it was jarring that they would go from 
fairly sophisticated um, animatronics and CGI blended together. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they did a hell of a lot of good work on this on the Sand Ape, for example. And then, yeah, the very next scene, you would have a, um, you know, an old school puppet bouncing around mm -hmm. in the corner. And I get right. that's a throwback to old, a deliberate throwback to the to the the sort of um, anachronism of the original stuff. But the original mm -hmm. stuff was doing the best they could, as well as playing with the um, sophisticated puppetry that was getting exciting at the day in the day. Right? When right. you say like they yeah. could, they didn't have to have they didn't have to have what's his name in Jabba's lair. He, 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 you know, like very clearly being a puppet. Right. It wasn't just because kids would like it. It's also because they were all very enamored with Henson and that, what he yeah. was doing at the time, right? But in, yeah, absolutely. But in this new stuff, it's like they have all this great realization of creatures. And then all of a sudden, they have very clearly puppet guys in the foreground, bugaboos, tattooing bugaboos, or like the, <laughs> the bantha. When he's feeding the bantha, and it's like gumming it with this big, yeah. it's almost like it's a, it's a Chinese uh, a parade dragon kind of you know what i'm saying like it wasn't yeah it, it was i mean very i liked jarring. it but i get i get the complaint on it but i i personally love it because i'm such a sucker for any of that old sure. school goofy puppetry stuff but sure but it's yeah. weird that it's a but it's not consistent if the show is, if the show had yeah. been semi-serious the whole time and then you had weird puppets then it would be like okay that's an interesting choice you made but here they kind of blended back and forth and we had been through a number of things, even right down to the um, Trandoshans that uh, Chris and Tan is tearing apart. And they were very stuck behind the rubber mask, awkward, mm -hmm. and had those weird nervous eyes, which actually were kind of funny. But but <laughs> I remember thinking, so are they saving their money? Because the, this is an expensive show. Why would they be doing it? Well, I'm glad to see that they didn't spare any expense on the Rancor because it was very, very good. The, yeah. Did you see how much weight, weight and mass it had when it was climbing yeah. and then it would jump down and swing? Oh things my around gosh! Like it's just one of the best like rampage style King Kong like looks that I've seen. That that weight and heaviness and ah, oh, it was just so well done. There, I, I think there was some criticism about the King Kong um, nod, but I have to say I was delighted. Um, I was absolutely delighted that he was eating a uh, land speeder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how do you do that and not have a King Kong nod? I mean, really, you'd you'd have people complain if you didn't do it. <laughs> I think my favorite. I was screen capping a bunch of different things in the episode. And, um, I think my favorite screen cap of all the stuff was um, Amy Sedaris's character plus the major domo both screaming. <laughs> <laughs> little high, I love little the guy table. that plays that major domo. He's so great. Oh, he was great. His that whole thing in the previous episode where he's like, "I've got a plan. Here's my thing. What we're gonna do is fucking run." <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, oh yes, and so his terms are as follows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a drawing of a penis. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. All right. For all its weaknesses, I still had a really good time of it, and I just feel yeah. so lucky to be living at a time when we have this much Star Wars content of this kind of quality, and that they're doing so much world building, even as they keep going back to the same worlds and the same bullshit, and it's very nostalgic. We're just getting more street-level Star Wars, and I like it. Yeah, so, same. 
I don't think that we even, I don't even think we made enough of a deal about the fact that in the first Mandalorian uh, interjection into Boba Fett, he was down in the, in the, uh, he was down in the world's, was he, he was in the ring world, that weird ribbon world. Oh but, yeah. You know, he was, they were taking a lot of imagery from that aborted Boba Fett uh, video game that he was supposed to be down in that weird level in Coruscant, which they ended up using in, they used that in Clone Wars new season six when, um, when Ahsoka was uh, befriending those two oh, yeah. uh, people and all that stuff, that, that world that they were in, that level of the, um, of Coruscant was from that video game, aborted video game anyway. Yeah. But I just liked, I just liked the fact that in that Mandalorian themed episode that we got a we, we actually got a different um space world from star wars that we hadn't had before yeah the, ri yeah, the ribbon really, really cool yeah and we got when we got what i've loved since uh bespin which is that there's an underside <laughs> mm -hmm. right yeah like, exactly. like it has an up it has an up and a down such that you're literally on the bottom of it and it's not like the core of a space station is always drawing you to the center from the yeah. artificial gravity it had just like Bespin. Granted, that was in atmosphere, but it was that same deal. When they're having that <laughs> battle, the the Mandalorians are having that that battle, and it's like one wrong move, and you're gonna fall. Just you're just gonna fucking fall, right? Or use yeah. your use your jetpack, or else you're screwed. I really, really appreciated that. I think that. Mm -hmm. So too. we did we we did get some interesting environments other than just tattooing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not not it. exactly the way in which I was expecting, but yeah. Uh, I had a couple of notes here. I, I really, um, I found on Wikipedia that um, it's in the, um, it's in the lore that Trandoshans uh, hunt Wookiees for sport. And that's why, oh, black, that's why Black Kersatans um, bar, bar rage was, he's like, fuck this. <laughs> and he's going to go, okay. I was like, at the time I was like, why is he so angry at those guys? And then yeah. when I looked it up, I was like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a thing here, okay. uh, which was kind of fun. I also read, and I think this is interesting related to the fact that he ripped that one apart, that uh, mm -hmm. uh, Trandoshans, until they're a certain age, they can regenerate their limbs. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, oh, and the other thing I was going to ask you about or, or mention was is similar to the, similar to the, the uh, Tuscan Raiders disappearing and, and being a strange lack of payoff. We were just convinced that Flashdance was going to be a big, a major thing, that she was going to be running the underworld or something. And that club was, that there was going to be something oh, su yeah. super important about it. And no, they just bombed it. <laughs> yeah, they're That's just it. like, nah, screw it. <laughs> so they really yeah, I did actually, I kind of liked that. But yeah, I thought that was yeah. really odd. Did they... That was a very strange role, but it was kind of fun. I mean, I do like I, the cameos when they don't have to become major characters. But yes, I couldn't decide if it was a missed opportunity or like a dropped thread, like the Tuscan Raiders, or whether it was always intended to be a MacGuffin that you think it's going to be a bigger deal than like it. It yeah. gives weight to the explosion because you're not expecting them to kill all those people. But what I did like online is that there's all this whole uh, sort of meme on twitter of people saying that there's no you know he wasn't there or whatever about the um the big blue keyboard player that oh you didn't yeah see, 
in that scene right before the bomb is set off, he's not playing with them. <laughs> so uh, like, well, oh, I see. He survived. I better not survived. kill off Max Rebo. Max Rebo, <laughs> that's right. That's his name. Well, Mr. Mann, um, let me ask you uh, one final question about Boba Fett, and then we'll move on to the last part. But do you think, as has been um, a criticism that is Timura Morrison has said himself, do you think Boba talks too much in this season? I think Boba takes his helmet off too much in this season. Agreed. I don't know if he necessarily talks too much, but he definitely takes his helmet off too much. He says in interviews that um, he felt like Boba Fett should be mysterious as possible, and they kept making him take his helmet off, and they kept they gave him all these lines, which he kept giving to Fennec Shan to use because he thought that he <laughs> should be more mysterious. Um, it's kind of interesting because it's interesting that they brought him back in the first place to do mm-hmm. this. Back when he was wandering around in the desert without his armor, that was the cool thing. Like, oh, cool. It's really yeah. Timur Morrison, right? But once you get into Boba Fett role, um, you don't need to keep you. It's like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. You don't need to, or, or any of the Spider-Man taking off their mask. You don't need to keep unmasking to remind us who the cool actor is. Right. Him, right? You yeah, always exactly. visualize, you visualize Mandalorian. You could see Pedro Pascal in there, but you can also just see the helmet. Works just fine. Yeah. You don't need it. So I agree with you. It just was too much helmet taking off. And also yeah. when he's side by side with, uh, with the Mandalorian, the Boba Fett helmet is just so much like bigger and like yeah. oversized looking well, in comparison. Tamora, Morrison's got a massive head. So he's got a big, big melon. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> well, dude, do you, um, do you have any new planned plunderings other than all the plunderings that we already planned to plunder? Um, I, I finished the first book of Expanse, enjoyed it, and now I am excited about watching the seasons. Now that I have I reminded you... myself whom is what, yes, I did it in the opposite order of what you recommended, but it's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, um and I then I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I, I enjoyed the book more than I thought I was going to, even though it's one of those mm-hmm. books where. It seems like it's going to end like seven different times and then it keeps going. Sure. Um, That's fair. But I, I enjoyed it. I, um, I watched the first two episodes of Foundation mm-hmm. as well. And so far, I can't I'm wait really to talk about it. Interested to talk about it as well. Yeah. Um, I watched Reacher on. Ah. Uh, the the Amazon the on Prime and I I love the actor that that plays Reacher anyway because he yeah. was in that Blood Drive show and I actually really enjoyed him as Reacher as well. Um, that's a good show if you like the the books that that's mm-hmm. based off of you you'll probably dig him as the character. Um, and I think that's all I've watched. It's been a lot of head down working on stuff again, but. I came, I came across that that uh that the Reacher actor was also uh um Hawk from Hawk and Dove in Titans before he oh, was gotcha. written off written off the show presumably to do this and I didn't watch that so I didn't really know. I still don't recognize him from anything, but hmm. um but uh let's see. So you kind of blended your rum fuel recommendations and your um 
plan yes, plundering together. Apparently. But, um, my plan, my, I am planning to, I'm planning to plunder what I'm currently plundering, which is the final expanse book, Leviathan, Leviathan Falls. Excellent. I saved it until after watching the finale of expanse. And now I had to do a long drive. So I got out the audiobook. So oh, cool. it's great to be back in the um, embrace of an old friend. Um, I'm preparing to watch the second season of Raised by Wolves, which you haven't started yet, but it's it's wacky, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, and then as far as recommendations, uh, the two I have are, I'm about halfway through the current season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it's oh, right on. interesting because other people are saying it's fantastic. I'm finding it falling flat on a couple of episodes as being too <laughs> high concept and out of their comfort zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. but i think part of the problem is i've been listening to the podcast i told you about last time mm, where they're going yeah. back and watching all of their episodes one by one and it's and i'm and i'm in the headspace of thinking about all their older weird gross just sort of trashy stuff they were doing and right. so the fact that they're putting more money into and they're doing more sort of out of the out of the bar random stuff in this latest season I think that's probably why it's mm-hmm. not connecting with me the same because I'm in the headspace of the old stuff. So I actually yeah, think I I'm going to have to watch it twice to really get it. Um, <laughs> and then, and then also, uh, you mentioned it briefly at the top, at the start of our episode, but um, I finished uh, Peacemaker, and I'm looking forward to talking about it because I nice. I did I did enjoy it a lot. Yeah, so. we really enjoyed the episode we saw. We just haven't gotten back to it because we've had a sick puppy and a rambunctious yeah. puppy and the two of them combined together do not make for peaceful movie watching that's why or clean, or clean floors <laughs> or clean oh, yeah. anything frankly oh you know what yeah. I'm, gonna put I'm gonna put nightmare alley on my list because you didn't put it on your list because i want to see that. yeah that needs to be i need to watch that that is very high on my list of need to watches but man finding time to sit down and watch that is going to be a challenge for a little while but I was just I was just reminded in the car uh, today that what a shame it was that um they they killed off uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, and it's not oh just gosh, and, and I didn't show. and I think it got a little um obviously it got space pulpy and weird and the Af- Afrofuturism and stuff towards the end was pretty wacky but and which was good but what mm-hmm. I keep going back to is the earlier thing where it was the Green Book. And being stuck yeah. after dark, and the whole, and the, and how they just even before you had Cthulhu monsters tearing things up, it was just an absolutely harrowing, harrowing, racism tinned horror mm-hmm. uh, story, right? Like it was just the, yeah, like it, it 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 turned my stomach thinking about them getting, you know, getting stalked, like blockaded by the the sheriff and saying turn around yeah. or whatever, and then forcing them to be there after sundown so that then they could be hunted. I, it was just so that that frustrating unfairness of it being manipulated mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, it's still I still think about that randomly. So just a bummer. Yeah. And Jonathan Majors has just gone on to be just that much more interesting. And you think about all the work he was putting in that show. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'd so like to see good. more of it. Yeah. I really liked uh, Journey Smollett, too. She was great. Mm-hmm. I liked her in that yeah. far more than anything else she's done, I think. Same yeah so well yeah you know what hbo max where things go to die mm-hmm. the dream the dream is dead but maybe so that foundation and other things could live so maybe there's that I don't know. 
perhaps. Oh, that's Apple TV. Oh, speaking Never of mind. Apple TV, yeah, that's Apple TV. But have you watched the the Adam Scott one that's on there that we talked about? Uh, no, not yet. I think it's out now, it. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was like right around now that it was going to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. I, I want to. Uh, uh, I want to watch it. I didn't include this in my recommendations because it's it's so off genre for what we're normally looking at but i will say mm -hmm. that um since i watch not a whole lot right now and i watch it mostly what i'm watching is with my wife um she was mm -hmm. really eager to start uh uh pam and tommy and so we did and uh, oh right on it's it's far out and highly recommended i highly heard recommend it's it. nuts yeah 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 it, it, some things got spoiled for me about later on in it which i didn't need to know because even just the few episodes that i've already seen were already just you know <laughs> nice yeah that's and, and such a... it's one of those things that i would never have imagined it would be something i'd be excited about seeing <laughs> yes stunt stunt casting of of uh people the same thing with jessica chastain doing tammy faye apparently that's a great uh thing oh, yeah. yeah i think it's successful because the project is well written and it's good and it's not just the stunt of taking a pretty popular current actor and mm -hmm. and 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 making them in costume like a halloween costume of another celebrity um <laughs> right i think i was not interested when i heard this was being done because i thought it was just going to be a biopic and it was not going to be yeah interesting and wow look at how they can time movie kind of thing yeah because they did that for um poison or whichever one we saw we saw one a couple years ago where it was like mm. that it was the yeah, they did like Anna Nicole Smith that way too. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Eh. But this right out of the gate is not, I mean, it's about them, but it's told from uh, Seth Rogen's character's perspective as Carpenter. Okay. And so because you're seeing them as this cartoonish, larger than life, um, indulgent, unreliable force narrator of nature. type thing. Interesting. Yeah, it's an entire, it's a force of nature. And what I like is it's not being told from. There are some times when the camera is on, so it's 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 omnipresent, right? The camera is on mm -hmm. Tom and Pammy in certain circumstances, but it's generally being told from the perspective of this one character. So you're an outsider looking in, and you're not happy about it, and that's a really good okay. choice because they're playing the characters very unpleasantly and mm -hmm. doing a good job. I read I read someone on Twitter saying that they would get into it more if not for the fact that they're having trouble watching it because they're doing such a great job of making sebastian stan uh unpalatable and he's interesting so you know so he's so he's so yummy normally like how could you do this to us <laughs> kind of thing. but uh, just two episodes in i'm really impressed right on anyway all right there you go so uh until next time my friend um Indeed. just keep tearing off those trend ocean arms and uh you know what if they uh if they grow back they grow back and if they don't well they, they probably deserved it then they're too old that they're too old. All right. Adios. Have a good night.